Are you caregiving and getting burnt out? Or do you live far away from your parents and think that maybe they're not doing so great? Maybe your mom has an upcoming surgery and between your kids and your job, you're struggling to figure out how you're gonna take care of her when she gets home. I'm your host, Valerie Borgman, and today we are answering all of these questions and more. I'm excited to welcome our special guest, Margaret Vanderheiden with Family Resource Home Care. We're talking all things in-home care. When people are full on and they are providing all of that care, we can just step in and give that respite, give a little bit of time for them to have a life outside of because it can be all consuming. Welcome to Desperately Seeking Senior Living, a podcast for sons, daughters, grandkids, and spouses who suddenly find themselves tangled in the search for senior living and care. If you liked today's episode, don't forget to subscribe and check out our doable download in today's show notes for a printable summary of the show and a bonus tip from our guest. You're listening to our doable tips, short answers to your questions. Don't see your question listed? Send us a note. Then don't forget to subscribe so you never miss an answer. I am really glad that we are talking about this today because I think there are a lot of families out there that may not even know this is an option. So let's start with when should someone consider in-home care? Well, I wish it was sooner rather than later. From my personal experience, it's usually when the red light's on the dash and it's blatantly obvious. Somebody can't care for themselves. I wish they would call when mom or dad is slowing down. They're not able to do the things that they loved to do previously. And that can just be small. It can be, you know, mom used to take a mile walk. Now she's only going out around the block. Or man, mom's lost a lot of weight in small amount of time. Those subtle little indicators of the aging process is taking place. And if we can't provide that care full on, then it might be a good time to start having that conversation with that loved one about what would your wishes be if, say, you started needing additional help above and beyond what we can provide for you? Because some individuals may not want to stay at home. They may want to be in an environment that is in an assisted living facility or independent living where they have more like-minded individuals of the same age where they can have an active community. Or they may say, you know what, I love my home. I want to stay here. And then you have to think about how can we keep mom or dad at home in a safe manner? So if that conversation can start to happen sooner, they may be able to, before it's red light on the dash and they really need that care, start to have a caregiver come in and start to have just companionship care So that idea of somebody who is not a part of the family that's able to come in and start to provide that needed help. What I love about starting with companion care is then you're able to build a relationship. So like I cannot imagine what it feels like to have someone knocking on the door. I'm here to give you a shower, (laughs) you know, and you like just met them as opposed to starting early enough with maybe going with your mom on that walk and having someone that you're building that trust with. So when it does get to the point where they need more of that intimate care of a shower, that there's a relationship there and they know that person. So I really, really like that. And, you know, most of the families, and I'm sure it's the same with you, most of the families that I work with have children in the home, they have jobs and adding this caregiving piece is it's really a big deal. And it's really hard for a a lot of families to 
you know, kind of gather together. And then you have, you know, the multiple siblings and it's like, I've got Monday and you've got Tuesday, (laughs) you know, and we're sort of, how can you have a weekend off? And it really is a lot of hard work. And so it's great to have a service that can, even if it's just supplementing and, you know, getting started, like you're saying. So, okay. So I have a question for you. (laughs) Have you ever set everything up gone that first day for that first caregiving appointment. And now the senior that you're there to help won't open the door. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Numerous times caregivers like standing at the door. They, <laughs> they don't know who I am. We were um, talking about trust yeah. and this is part of it. They're letting someone into their home. So how do you get over that obstacle? A lot of times it'll, it'll kind of be all hands on deck. The client care supervisor, somebody who has done that intake, met with that individual may need to get on the phone and just in in terms of reminder, remember me, I'm so-and-so. We sat down and we talked and kind of bringing that back to mind for them. This is the person that we were sharing with you about who's going to come and provide those services for you. So kind of talking them through that so that it's like, oh, okay, this is a trusted individual. And I do remember that conversation and it's okay to be able to let them in. Yeah. I, I think that's so hard. And I know that there are a lot of families that express that concern. Do you ever suggest that a family member is there for the first visit? For sure. We all do that when the intake takes place and you can kind of bet out whether or not that individual is going to feel comfortable and safe just having the caregiver or not. So that next step would be you know, I, I think mom or dad is not real comfortable right now with just having somebody come in. Would you mind just, you know, meeting us and let's just do it. And, and it may just be for a small amount of time, you know, let's just come in for a couple of hours, we'll do the introductions and we'll kind of walk around and get comfortable in the space with you there. And then we can start to increase the hours that we're there caring for, you know, the loved one. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, you said something else that I think is really important and that is talking about being comfortable. I've heard this from seniors themselves, and I've heard this from family members where they feel like their house is the dirtiest or their issue is the hardest to deal with. And they're kind of embarrassed about having someone come into the home. Do you hear that too? Yeah, we do. And, and we just say, you know, come as you are (laughs) (laughs) and really helping them to kind of weed it out that it's really about the loved one and that care for them and them alone. If we've got no safety issues we're addressing, just letting them know that it's about the relationship. The dirt will always be there, like my mom would say. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. Well, you know, one of the other areas that I have suggested that families hire in-home care is when they, maybe the family lives out of state or, you know, not close enough to be there on a regular basis. And they really don't have any idea of what the care needs are. And so I'll suggest, well, why don't you hire someone to come into the home and then they can be your your eyes and your ears and give you that objective feedback? Oh, yes, yes. We've had son or daughter on the East Coast calling and saying, you know, I'm getting this feeling mom and dad are not doing well to be able to provide services. What will typically happen, they will come in to town for a period of time and then it's a remote relationship we're having with them and keeping them appraised of, you know, all the situation that's going on. And if we we see that there's any decline so that we can then suggest to them alternatives, home health may need to be brought in prior to any incident happening because they have a, it's something that's paid for by Medicare and B, if they're having some issues in terms of their strength, 
or you know, there's different areas where they can get that additional help so that they can stay strong and they can stay at home. Yeah, that difference between in-home care and in-home health care. Yes, they're different. We've had clients who have unfortunately having a fall in the home, you know, broken hip, those sort of things. So they have surgery at the hospital. Then after that, they're discharged to a skilled nursing facility. You've got some rehab that's intense. You've got nurses that are right there. And then that comes to a close. Then they're needing to be discharged home. Well, that may be sooner than we had hoped it would take place. So yes, they're going to be sent home with home health to deal with the medical side of it. But who's going to prepare a meal for them? in those first you know, 48, 72 hours, make sure that they get their medications, they're drinking plenty of fluids, um, that they are safe and not trying to get up or move, or if they're uncomfortable, that those comforts are being met. And what I love about what you said is that you can be that resource because your boots on the ground, <laughs> you know, that you can, you can say, okay, I think we need to, you know, bring in some in-home healthcare, or maybe it's time for full 24-7 memory care or, uh, you know, a situation where the home just isn't the right fit anymore. And I love that you have that ability to have those conversations and really partner with the families, you know, all the way through. <laughs> right. Well, and, and there's two parts to that partnership. And that's the role that I play is kind of being the connector out in the community, as well as within our branches. And that's the wonderful thing because I really believe care in the home is the first step. And we're the, like you said, you know, kind of the ears and eyes that are there with that loved one that we're assessing and making sure that, you know, as those needs are transitioning, that they have options that they're thinking through ahead of time so that they're more prepared um, rather than waiting till a situation happens. And then they're scrambling to try to find resources. We try to be ahead of that for them. Yeah, I, you know, I do think it is so hard. And I mean, I've always said this, this is a subject that nobody wants to think about. <laughs> like nobody wakes up in the morning and, you know, goes, yes, I want to think about senior living and care, <laughs> you know, so I think it is tough, but I, you know, some of the things that we've touched on that I think are really important are just, first of all, knowing that, that this is a service that exists, Yes, but yes. I, I do think that it's so important to recognize that everyone needs help at some point and, and that it's okay. I remember I had a family that I worked with that their dad was pretty much bed bound and they were really struggling as a family to provide that care. He ended up with bed sores, which caused them to be even more embarrassed. I, you know, got involved. I was like, oh, you guys, we need to get home health in, in here. They're great. It's covered by Medicare. They can get your dad all taken care of. And they didn't even know that that was an option. So I think it really is a combination of sometimes both. <laughs> And then, of course, you add in the out-of-state or you add in the families that just don't have time to do the caregiving. Yeah, absolutely. The respite aspect of it. When people are full-on and they are providing all of that care, we can just step in and give that respite, give a little bit of time for them to have a life outside of because it can be all-consuming. And as a loved one is progressing, they're becoming less and less able to care for themselves. A lot of times they're so close to the forest, they can't see the trees. They are right in the thick of it and they don't recognize that they need some self-care. We can come in for a short amount of time or we can be 24-hour care for them as well, especially when somebody may be dealing with some cognitive issues 
they may get up in the middle of the night and want to leave the home. They may not recognize where they're at. So being able to have that safety in place where you've got a caregiver who's there, awake, somebody who's right by the bedside. Yeah, I love that. If you just need a break, and I think we see this a lot with spouses, where one spouse is caring for the other. They just think of it as it's their duty yeah. <laughs> and it's their yeah. job. And, you know, they can't imagine someone taking that from them. And then we see the caregivers getting sicker than the ones that they're caring for. And so I love the idea of respite because then it's not, no, 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 we're not going to take over your job. We're going to give you a break. Yes. So let's go through the list because we've kind of touched on some things. So I can have someone come in and vacuum. Yes. Yeah. And make a meal for me. And like sit down and watch Wheel of Fortune with me? If that's what I would like. <laughs> okay, so me, that's more like Survivor. But okay. <laughs> and, and a lot of times people will think, well, that's all the caregivers are doing. Well, they may sit for a period of time and do that, engage with them, but there's other things that they want to get taken care of. And you need to make sure that dishes are washed and put away, that they have had their meal, that the medication reminder has been taken care of, or let's get them out in the garden, let them walk around. Yeah, what about gardening? Absolutely clients who that's solely what they like to do. So our caregivers would be a part of that with them. Oh, I love that. Or if they need uh, assistance driving, you know, you've got a caregiver that's right there with them to help them to safely get to the doctor's appointment and get back home. I love it. We, I feel like we have talked about so many amazing things. So Margaret, what would you say would be your number one doable tip for families? My number one doable tip for families would be to really sit down and have a conversation, to put a structure and a plan in place. That doesn't mean it's going to be exactly how you dictated it, but at least everybody is on the same page and understanding the progression so that the loved one's wishes can be honored. Today's episode is brought to you by award-winning Family Resource Home Care. Family owned and operated for over 50 years. Family owned means family values. And at Family Resource Home Care, they value you. Check out this episode's doable download in show notes for details, including industry terms and definitions we discussed, as well as a bonus tip from our guest. Have questions or your own tips to share? Leave us a message. We'd love to hear from you. And until next time, make it doable.